we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast version, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. You can also find information about my talk show appearances and any new book projects at MarlenePardo.com or go to Amazon and look at my author profile as Marlene Pardo Pelliser. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and also listen to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, and of course, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests as we talk about the mysteries of the unexplained. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy theories, and just about anything that is plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Horror at the Hospital There can be no doubt that terrifying things can happen in a hospital, as this is the place where human beings sometimes breathe their last. What happens when supernatural forces creep into a place meant to give succor? What are nurses and doctors to do when faced with ghosts, phantoms, apparitions, and entities which many of them do not believe exist until the moment they witness an encounter with someone they know is not among the living? Hospitals have attracted tales of supernatural occurrences since time unremembered. This is a place where humans fight for their lives and where strange forces set in motion by these moments create shadows of those that lost their battle with ill health or bodies that could no longer sustain life. Several mysterious reports come from hospitals all over the world. Most witnesses opt to be secretive about their encounter. In one story, a nurse described working a night duty at a ward. He was busy writing down each patient's name. He looked up and saw a patient that he had not seen for over a week and knew that he transferred over to the surgical wing of the hospital. The patient made eye contact with him and smiled, and he noticed that the patient looked better than he remembered. When updating his notes, the nurse could not find the patient's name, 
and when he looked him up, found that he had died two days before. Had he come back for a final goodbye? Another story from another hospital employee is described as the following. In the district hospital I previously worked at, it has been very usual for us staff nurses to see a lady in white walking down the hallway in the early hours of the morning. Patients would see her too. We lost one of our nursing supervisors a couple of years ago. She died unexpectedly. Our med room call light frequently goes off when absolutely no one is in there or has been near the room. We all believe it's this supervisor checking in. Another incident in the very same hospital happened one evening at around 11 p.m. The RN claimed that she was alone doing her rounds. She saw an elderly woman dressed in a hospital gown at the opposite end of the hallway. She went to investigate thinking the patient was unable to sleep or had gotten lost. She signaled to gain the lady's attention with the intention of asking what was wrong. However, at the same time, she had a very strange feeling of being watched and that it felt quite unsettling. Then the patient turned to face her, smiled, and walked through a wall into another patient's room. Not believing what she had just seen, she froze. Later, the nurse found the same woman had died three days before after being involved in a serious car accident. The room she had disappeared into belonged to her husband, who was alive and recovering from injuries sustained in the same accident. Another hospital employee described an incident with a trapped soul. I was working on night shift when a call light went off for room 120. For all I know, this room has no one in it, so I canceled the light from the desk, but it wouldn't cancel. I walked down to the room just to check. Upon entering the room, I heard a budging sound in the window, like something or someone trying to get out. Knowing what might be happening, I took up all the courage I could and took a deep breath, turned on the lights, walked to the window and opened it. I felt weird because a soft breeze flew by me and then out of the window. I later found out that a patient had died during the morning and apparently the nurses before my shift didn't open the window. Weird as it may sound, when someone passes, let them go and open the room's windows. Another nurse reported a strange eerie encounter when she worked a night shift by herself at one of the oldest nursing homes in the area. She held this job while attending college. She went into a room where bed linens were kept and she stopped to sneeze. Then from behind her, she clearly heard, bless you. Scared by the encounter, she was about to start a prayer and then a voice whispered in her ear, our father in heaven. She could never explain who was the solicitous ghost. Another report of a ghostly figure comes from a registry nurse who worked the knock or overnight shift. It was a peaceful night and at 3 a.m. she started her floor rounds. She turned when she felt something behind her and saw a slim shadowy figure wearing a white hospital gown run into a resident's room. She believed it to be one of the patients. When she entered the room, which belonged to an Alzheimer's patient, she found her up and she immediately commented to the nurse, did you see that? 
The nurse responded, did I say what? The patient then pointed to the closed bathroom. The nurse waited and then called for another nurse and security, fearing it was an intruder. The entire unit was searched and found to be clear. She could never explain what she saw, and oddly enough, what the Alzheimer's patient saw, despite her mental status. Another hospital employee witness described another eerie scene. It was my second year working in the institution as an RN. I worked night shift on a pediatric unit. Our patients were often preschool and school-aged children. We had a patient who would always want her visitors to bring balloons whenever they came to visit her. She died earlier after her long stay in the hospital. Days passed. One of my co-workers celebrated her birthday to which we had several balloons in the station. We noticed two balloons floated slowly, bobbing up and down. Now, this would not have bothered me, but those balloons then stopped by the girl's previous room, just right in front of the door, and slowly went back into the nurse's station. This cannot be explained by air currents. This nurse worked in a Japanese hospital on the overnight shift. The main office during these hours was locked and only administrators, RN, and LPNs had keys. That night, she was at the nurse's station adjacent to the office. She checked the time and saw it was 3 a.m. when suddenly she heard a loud crash coming from this locked room. The next day, they found the filing cabinet had fallen over and papers were scattered all over the floor. The windows were closed and there was no explanation how this could have happened to such a heavy item. Another story comes from a nurse's aide who worked at a nursing home. One night she went to check on a patient who happened to be a nun. She then saw a group of nuns go into the room. However, they never came to speak to her and she only made eye contact with one of them. No other employees on the floor had seen the nuns arrive or leave. Later, she found out the nursing home was built over an old convent building which had burned down in the late 1800s. Another story involving a phantom nun is the following, as described by the nurse. We closed room 12 in our MICU medical intensive care unit because just about every patient that had been there complained of seeing a woman wearing a white hat rocking back and forth by their bedside. Apparently, this nun never made eye contact. She just stared out the window, which happened to be on the patient's left side over their head. This window overlooked the hospital cemetery where nuns that died were buried. Mary was a nun that died in a car accident outside of the hospital in the 50s. She was about 30 years old, and all the patients described her as a young woman. We thought that it was the sundown syndrome. Anyway, since then, room 12 became our storage room where no one goes in by themselves unless it is absolutely critical. Another nurse described where she was attending a patient who was close to dying with CMO, which stands for Comfort Measures Only. A few days before, her favorite cat Pippin died and she felt heartbroken over the loss. That night, she walked into the patient's room and the woman said, Oh, you brought your kitty with you. Surprised, the nurse said, What? 
Prior to this conversation, she had never attended this patient before or spoken about her cat. The patient replied, your kitty, it's right by your foot. She felt a shiver go up her spine. And then she asked, what color is the kitty? The lady responded, black with some white. Pippin was a black tuxedo cat with white paws and a white bib. The patient died that night. The following story originates in a hospital's maternity ward and was described by the nurse thus. There's a floor in a hospital that's closed down. It isn't used except for clinical training on rare occasions and only one room in the front of the hall. The floor used to be for postpartum moms and the newborn nursery. Sometimes when you go down there, you'll see a hazy white female figure at the far end of the hall. It's rumored to be a mother who died during childbirth. The next story took place at a Canadian hospital, Hotel Dieu. This hospital employee described that the hospital no longer functions overnight. Employees refused to clean the ER emergency room alone because the call bells and the lights would go off by themselves. On other floors, there was sightings of a child with a ball and a lady in a white dress. Another employee described where she was by herself cleaning an entire floor. After cleaning one room, she went to the following one. When she returned to retrieve something she forgot in the room she had just left, she saw handprints on the freshly wiped bed. The following story occurred in the UK. My mother trained as a nurse at the old Westminster Teaching Hospital in London in the 1950s. On one of her first night shifts, she was doing rounds in the children's ward. Everything was fine. All the kids were asleep. But in one of the rooms, she found the sink faucet running, which was a bit weird because it had been fine when she'd been by a few minutes before. She feared that one of the kids had got up and been thirsty or something. She turned it off and carried on with her rounds. When her shift was over, she checked out with the matron who asked if she had anything to report. She said there was nothing except that someone had left a faucet on in one of the rooms. The matron looked horrified and gasped out, Oh no. She then explained that the ward was haunted by a ghost which washed its hands leaving the faucet running whenever a child was going to die. My mother laughed us off, pointed out that none of the kids in the ward were seriously ill and went home. When she came in for a shift the next evening, she discovered that a previously perfectly fine child in that room had a sudden seizure and died only a few hours after she'd found the open faucet. The following story possibly could be about a patient that sighted the Grim Reaper. This is a nurse who described where she was floated to oncology at the hospital she used to work at. She was given a patient who was passing away and had been unconscious for several days. At one point during the night, the nurse went into the room and the patient was at the top of the bed and looked at her and said, don't let them take me. The nurse was freaked out and asked her who was going to take her. And she said, that black thing up there and pointed up in the air. This patient died within minutes. Another sighting of again possibly the grim reaper was described this way one night i was caring for a dying male patient he was scared and i spent quite some time with him trying to calm and reassure him 
Eventually he calmed and I left the bedside and went over to the nurse's station, which was about 15 feet away. As I sat down, I glanced over to him and there was a black shape standing over the bed looking down at the patient. I was terrified because I felt sure that this was something evil. This is another story about an old hospital or possibly it could be because it was next to a cemetery and this is the story. I used to work in an old labor and delivery unit. It was a small hospital so oftentimes I was back there by myself. I like to keep the lights low and things quiet back there so naturally I heard a lot of creeps and groans. There was a whole back hall unused. There was also no access to it except by passing by me. I would hear metal objects clanging and doors shutting. It sounded like somebody was getting ready for a C-section. I could always sense something there with me, it seemed. There was also a back room on the medical surgical floor that was never used. It was a patient room converted to a storage room. That room was strange. Call lights always going off and nobody near it. The whole hospital had a creepy aura. Perhaps it was the cemetery next door. If that in itself is not strange, I don't know what is. Here's another story to make you shiver. I used to work in a state institute for developmentally disabled adults. We're temporarily relocated to another building for remodeling of our building. Anyway, I was working one night, the second shift. We had a locked psychiatric intensive care unit and I saw one of the residents walking down the hall. Very distinct gait and very distinct yellow t-shirt with a happy face on it. I went into the ward to let staff know they had an escapee. This was a serious situation because this particular resident, Larry, would ingest absolutely anything. From clothing to pens to belts to even a bird's head. Literally anything. He was also very reluctant to go back to his home ward. Hence the reason why I needed two escorts to help me take him back. When we got back into the hall less than 15 seconds later, Larry was gone. We searched the entire building, outside, downstairs, all wards. He was nowhere to be found. This whole search lasted less than 10 minutes because I had all extra staff looking for him. I was just about to call the house supervisor to let her know that we lost someone when out from the bathroom walks Larry with one of the staff. He had been getting his bath in the bathroom for the last 30 minutes or so. Kind of freaky. I absolutely, without a doubt, saw Larry in the hallway. I never would have short-staffed the wards like I did if I hadn't seen him. Like I said, very distinctive gait, the look, the clothing. I took a lot of razzing that night. They all thought that I was crazy. Anyway, come to find out the next day, after the story goes around that I'm crazy, that Larry had an identical twin brother who died in that building 10 years previously. The following story is about a ghost scene, not only by the staff, but by the patients as well. I work in a long-term care facility, and we've had numerous reports from patients that they see a little boy. This boy comes in their room, turns their call lights on and off, throws things on the floors, and other weird things. 
turns out this facility used to be an orphanage. Also, there are stories of an old-fashioned nurse in the whole white dress and hat, and she's seen going down the hall late at night doing her bed checks. And sometimes she goes into someone's room, stays there for a couple of minutes if they are really sick or about to die. One of the aides saw her and refused to go down that hall for a week. Turned out the person's room she had gone into died only a few days later. This is another story involving a ghostly child. We have a white figure that has been seen in the medicine room. Sometimes the carts are moved down the hall while you are in the room giving meds, etc. One of the male CNAs reported seeing a very tall black figure going from room to room several times. We have all seen balls of light floating around. From what we have been able to gather from old pictures of the property is that the nursing home is what used to be on a mobile home park at one end and a cemetery at the other end of the building. Everyone has seen a little boy walking around, but the freakiest part was when they saw wet children's footprints coming down the hall and followed them to the wall, and there were footprints in the snow outside that came right to that exact place in the wall. And here's the next story. We had a young girl about 10 in ICU that was severely injured in a car accident. Lots of brain damage. She didn't die there but was moved to another facility after weeks and weeks. After that, I know of three older males in their 50s that if they were even mildly sedated would ask about the little girl with the ribbon in her hair who was sitting at the foot of their beds. One guy said, she asked me how I was doing and then got up and walked that way while he was pointing towards the second floor window. He paused. A wide-eyed look came over his face and then he said, but I guess you really couldn't have left the room that way, huh? Personally, I think she was taking care of these grandfatherly figures. The same employee describes the following. I work in an intensive care unit where a prisoner convicted of murder died in ICU-1. And nobody would put a patient in that room after that because the air was too heavy and the room was too spooky and dark. It was so bad that nurses would refuse to put patients in that room even if it was the last available bed. They'd triage out a patient before they'd trust putting a patient in that bed, which was number one. The hospital eventually closed down the room and knocked out a wall to make it a separate entrance into the unit. Of course, that was because everyone had some type of unusual occurrence there. The following is a secondhand story. I was working in the NICU when we had a threat of a tornado. Some nurses got pulled to go to a sister hospital in town to assist in the disaster plan. When all was over, one of the nurses returned with this story. She was assisting the nurses and giving some meds before pulling all into the hallways. Every patient she went to said they already had their meds from that nice nurse in the white uniform and hat. She realized after she left that it had been a while since the nurse had worn a hat. The story revealed the urban legend of Nurse Betty. Story goes that she had an affair with a married doctor, became pregnant, then agreed to allow him to perform an abortion on her on the second floor OR room. She died and he went to jail. She never left the hospital and was seen frequently. The local newspaper would do an article of her every year around Halloween on her sightings. 
The hospital has since been replaced with college dorms, and I wonder if any students have seen her. I then looked into the story about the so-called Nurse Betty. Turns out that it's kind of based on fact. Has to do with a nurse, obviously named Nurse Betty, and this appeared to have occurred in the 1920s when she had this uh, affair with the doctor at a hospital called Flow Memorial Hospital located in Denton, Texas. As early as the 1950s, night staff, security guards, and even patients had inexplicable encounters with a woman dressed in a nurse's white gown and cap. And again, it's retold that she was a dedicated young nurse that worked at Flow Hospital, became pregnant after being involved with a married doctor, and in this version, she dies in the elevator after collapsing from a stillborn birth. And in a third version, she commits suicide by hanging herself. But one thing that all the versions that I came upon agree on is that her spirit lingers as a caretaker. Uh, one new mother, Grogly, saw a nurse in a vintage uniform close to a window and then blanketed her newborn in the middle of a chilly night. But she was later told by the night nurse on duty that there was no one else on the floor. The hospital went bankrupt in 1986 and developers had turned the lot into a student housing on Scripture Hill. But it seems that even after the hospital was demolished, several students claim that they've seen a woman dressed in a nurse's costume, the old-fashioned type. It seems that Nurse Betty is still making her rounds. So let's get back to the stories. This is uh, another story told secondhand and uh, takes place on a fifth floor neurological unit. Uh, it seems that there was a nurse at the desk and she sees a guy in a white nursing garb come through the double doors and walk into an empty room. However, he doesn't come back out. The nurse thought it was weird, so he went into the room and it was empty. He went to the double doors, opened them, and there were two respiratory techs talking at the entrance who swore they'd been there talking the whole time and that nobody came through the doors. When one of his co-workers returned from lunch and he explained what happened, she said, oh, that's just Bob. He worked here as an LPN several years ago and was accused of molesting a child. He was sure he was about to be arrested, so he jumped out the window in that room and killed himself. We see him all the time. Next ghost story. We had a patient, always on the call button. He hated being on fluid restrictions. The nurses had to take turns during the shift answering the calls. This was a frequent flyer because he was very chronic and very borderline. The hospital was the only place he wouldn't fluid overload. I worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and he died about 8 p.m. The look on his face was like, how could you let me die? Anyway, the family came by and was gone by 9 p.m. The funeral home came by at about 9.30 p.m. About 10 p.m., this is about three hours after he had passed, the call button starts going off. I was there. The call button was going off every five minutes. One of the nurses, who was a very spiritual girl named Mary, Finally, at about 2 a.m., after four hours, snaps and says, Enough! 
She walked down to the room and practically screamed into the empty room. Mr. X, you have died. You can't be in here bothering us anymore. Move along. In the name of Jesus, I'm exercising you from this plane of existence. Go to the light and be happy. And I kid you not, the car button stopped going off then and there. The next one is a first-hand story. I work in a nine-bed critical care unit that we night shift nurses swear is haunted. I personally have seen figures standing in doorways late at night. Blinds and patients' windows go up by themselves. Call bells come on when the room is unoccupied. One night, another nurse and myself were giving a bath to a patient when the TV started flipping through all the channels. The remote for the TV was behind the patient on a stand. Under the time, this same nurse was giving a bath by herself to a sedated and restrained patient. She was down on her haunches tying his restraint when she felt someone or something run their fingers through her hair. The patient was on 100 micrograms of Dipravan, so it was not him and there was not anyone with her in the room. The scariest one, though, is one night we admitted a patient into room 9. After we had gotten her into bed, she looked at the wall in front of her and asked what was on the wall. We looked, and there was bright red blood running down the wall. Needless to say, we checked ourselves, the patient, and the ER personnel, and no one had left the floor and no one had a fresh cut or an open area on them. Well, it turns out that the week before, a young lady had died in that room. She had come into the hospital complaining of abdominal pains. Turned out she had perforated something and had projectile vomited blood all over that wall and the floor. It was horrible. The nurses on that night said it looked like a slaughterhouse. I still get chills just thinking about it. Next story. I was at work on my cardiac unit. It was around 6 p.m. and we had gotten a patient from the emergency department. He was an elderly man who was in horrible shape. He looked like he was dying. My friend who was his nurse had paged the doctor to receive orders. His call light was continually going off. The first time it rang, I thought it was his neighbor in bed two because the patient was severely obtunded, which means lethargic or unresponsive. My coworkers and I figured it wasn't him who pressed the call light. We went into the room to cancel it, and then I remembered that the patient in bed two was discharged. So the only person in the room was the obtunded patient. I walked out and thought nothing of it. The call light went off again. I peeked in the room, and the patient was still obtunded. I turned off the call light, figuring that maybe he was laying on it and accidentally it got pressed. While later, the call light went off again. My friends and I all walked into the room to see why the call light kept going off. We all figured that he was either laying on it or something was hitting it. When we walked into the room, we noticed the call light was nowhere near him. We freaked out a bit, but told ourselves that it couldn't be a scary coincidence. Well, the call light kept going off every five minutes. We kept turning it off. The patient progressively looked worse and worse. We continued waiting for the doctor's orders, but he was taking a long time. At 7.30 p.m., at the end of our shift, the patient passed. He was, do not resuscitate and do not intubate. So when he coded, they only called a rapid response team and no compressions were started. 
The doctor responded to the RRT, pronounced him dead. We had no issues with a call light inside that room until the patient entered it. As soon as he entered the room, the call light kept going off non-stop. It stopped ringing only when he died. The following is the final story. I was assigned a patient during my final clinical rotation before graduating nursing school. She was a pleasant elderly and frail individual. I entered her room during my rounds and she had the blanket pulled over her face, knuckles grasping the edge of the blanket. I announced myself and she pulled the blanket down enough to make eye contact with me. I asked if she needed anything and if she wanted me to close the blinds. She pointed to the other corner of the room and said that there was a man behind the curtain that won't leave her alone. This was a two-bedroom and the bed closest to the door and the privacy curtain was completely closed around the bed. The hair on my neck and arms instantly stood up, but I opened the curtain completely so she could see no one was there. She nodded and I left the room. I was passing meds out and again I made my way back to her room and again she had the blanket over her head. I calmly announced myself and asked if she needed anything. She pointed at me and said, You can tell that man to stop bothering me. I asked her, Where is the man? She pointed at me and said, Behind you. He's standing behind the balloons. I turned around and through the bathroom door, there was a group of about 20 balloons in the darkness of the bathroom. I didn't see anything besides the balloons, but the intense feeling that ran through my body when she pointed through me into that dark bathroom, I will never forget that. That clinical rotation could not end soon enough. Ultimately, it appears that hospitals are as haunted as the old house on the hill or other places you expect to find ghosts. However, this should not be surprising since the shadow of death stalks the hallways every day within its walls. Is it because perhaps so many there are not resigned to go into the hereafter or the anguish of unexpected death tether them to where they lost their battle with the Grim Reaper? Who knows? We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.